you are listening to the Brand Architect Podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hey there, welcome to the Brand Architect. Actually, I had to re-record this many, many times because, as you know, I've been doing the Right to Be Red podcast for so long that that was the name that was coming out of me over and over again. So, no, this is Brand Architect. I'm really happy that most of the listeners who've been with me in the past two years are still around and the changes didn't affect them. I truly hope that this will be valuable to them as well. And the changes and rebranding is not affecting anything substantial. So I'm really happy and I truly appreciate every single one of you who is around. For those of you who don't know yet, uh, I'm really happy to have the Brand Architect Club you know, sort of shaping out and I already have 30 awesome people in there. We are creating this great community online where coaches, authors, speakers, online entrepreneurs and podcasters can get together and get the emotional and practical support, knowledge, accountability and the relationships all in one place. So we already had two live calls. It's doing great. If you need to know any details, please check out annealexander.com backwards slash membership because I would really, really love to see you there. Well, uh, now I guess it's the time to introduce you to my guest. Today I will be talking to Laura Roder. Laura is the founder of Adgar, a new social media automation tool designed to prevent updates from going to waste. Since 2009, she's been teaching entrepreneurs how to harness the power of social media marketing and create their own fame at L. KR Social Media. Laura was named one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under 35 in 2011, 2013, and 2014, and spoke at the White House about the value of entrepreneurship. She has also been featured in various respectable media. She has been spoken on very different uh, big events, and I'm, I'm sure that you you will gain loads of knowledge um, that she will share with you about social media, how to get noticed on social media, how to get engagement and all that stuff. So let's dive into the interview straight away. Hello there, Laura. I'm so happy to have you over. Welcome to the Right to be Read podcast. Thank you, Annie. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's it's very uh, strange, actually. It feels so funny. Uh, I heard about you and I saw you online. Uh, I don't even remember. Maybe about six years ago, mm-hmm. six five years ago, when I was back in Armenia, and I wasn't even involved in online stuff at all. I was like working in corporate, and I was just uh, you know starting my very very first steps uh, to see what's happening online and how it works and all that. So um, I remember you from there. So when I received the request, like when I received the email saying that you would like you know you would be interested in appearing in the show I was like oh my god you know (laughs) I know this person since a long time ago and I I was really happy to receive that email thank you (laughs) good good (laughs) 
Okay, so, uh, I mean, when I saw you online the first time, I obviously, you know, it was in, in, within the framework of social media and, and using social media effectively to, to get uh, a really impressive uh, online presence. So I, I, I remember correctly, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, that's something that we, we all need to know, sort of. Um, but before that, let's kind of, you know, go back and understand how did you yourself end up in that space? Yeah, so I started working for myself as a freelance web designer um, back in 2007. That's when I, I quit my job. I started working for myself. And so I would make websites for local businesses. And as part of making the website, I would talk to them about how people were going to find the site, you know, how it was going to rank and search, how they were going to convert someone from a visitor to a customer. And I just thought that's what you did when you <laughs> made someone a website, you know, because we were talking about their website. Um, I found out later that that was sort of considered more kind of, you know, marketing advising and that a lot of people who build a website don't do all that stuff. Um, I just didn't know any better. And so since I was advising my clients about online marketing, When social media started to become hot in like 2008, my clients would ask me, you know, what's going on with Twitter? Can I use it for business? How do I use it for business? So that started to come up more and more. And then people started telling me, you know, people would pay you just to learn about social media. And mm -hmm. I was like, what? That would, that would be great. <laughs> you know, that sounds a lot easier than building a website. I could just talk about social media and people will pay me, like sign me up. Um, so at that point I transitioned my business from doing web services to doing social media consulting and training. And then that very quickly turned into social media, um, online training, information products, doing the, the training at a more scalable level. And I did that for a few years. And then in 2014, I launched my first software company, um, which is Edgar, which is a social media scheduling and automation tool. Okay, well, it, it sounds, I mean, uh, the way you say it, it sounds so easy and fast, although I know it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's so, been like 10 years to like get all that done. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So um, I'm just wondering, I mean, we have many listeners who are uh, writers and sort of, you know, their main concern with social media is that it may eat up too much of their time, uh, which they would prefer spending writing instead. Uh, although, you know, these days writers can't only write because there are so many other things they need to do in order to gain visibility and in order to have their uh, author brands out there and stuff like that. So can we sort of, you know, have dive into this and have a step by step thing like, you know, if someone is starting right now, uh, what should he consider? How, where should he start in terms of establishing his author brand? Yeah. So, I mean, one is that the sooner you accept the reality that you're looking to run a business and not just be an author, uh, the better. Because <laughs> I think, you know, this is true not just for authors. This is true for all sorts of professions. I mean, like I said, I used to be a freelance web designer. This is very true of designers. People go freelance because they think, well, I love design. So being a freelance designer would be perfect for me. Turns out if you just love design, you should not work for yourself. You should work at a job because that's the only way that you're going to get 
the option to design all day. You know, if you're a freelance designer, you have to find clients, you have to build them, you have to manage them. So it's the same with writing. You know, if you just want to write all day, get a day job as a writer. If you want to write your own stuff, uh, you know, publish your own books or be a freelance journalist or whatever you want to do, um, that's a business. So I think a lot of people resist that and they think it's not fair and they think it's not right. Um, or some people just go with it and then they actually make it. <laughs> yeah, do a absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's sort of, you know, I don't know why many writers, especially fiction writers, I don't know why they have this notion that marketing is something bad and dirty and mm. and unethical and you know all that those stereotypes that I, I have I don't even have an idea where does it come from to be honest but that's how it is and very often people kind of you know avoid it just because of that mindset. Yeah, I mean, I think something important to remember is that when people are making a decision whether or not they want to read your book, the only way they have to make that decision is is marketing. So a lot of people have the fantasy, like, if I'm a great author, then more people will read my book. But here's the thing. No one knows you're a great author until they've already read the book. Right? Absolutely. absolutely. They, they, don't, they don't know what's inside of it until they've already given you the money. So while they're deciding whether or not they want to crack open your book, they're reading the reviews on Amazon, right? They're reading the blurb. They're going to your website to learn more about you. Or maybe they're reading other, you know, short stories that they found somewhere else, whatever. This is, this is all marketing. So that's why it's so important to have a blog, to have a Twitter profile, because you're giving people something to go on to make that decision whether or not they do want to hand over the 10 bucks to, to read your book. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, the main goal should be like from uh, being someone they don't know that exists to being an author that they know that you exist and have the choice of, you know, choosing your book and trying you out because they heard about you or they saw something about you or they saw your website and stuff like that. So so what is like, you know, how do we deal with this transition from being completely unknown towards having a certain visibility online? I mean, because there are so many places to be at. Obviously, you can't be everywhere. It's, it's like too much. Right. Uh, so how one chooses which channels to be present at? Yeah. One, I mean, don't try to be everywhere. That's, <laughs> it's not possible. It's not a good use of time. I mean, the basics that you need, you need a website. Everyone needs a website, uh, even if it's a very simple website. And I would say that everyone needs an email list as well, because that's how you can keep fans updated on what you do. I mean, so I'm not a, I'm not a huge fiction reader, but there's definitely a fiction book I read now and then. And I would love to know when the author has a new one. And I don't have any easy way to find that out. You know, if I liked an author enough, I would go look up their website and I would sign up for their email list so I could know when they publish something new. I know a lot of authors are doing cool things now where they give you like little excerpts or little blurbs to read. Um, so those are, that's like the very basics. And then looking at social media, I would just start, if, especially if you're feeling intimidated, I would start like with whatever one site scares you the least. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that's, that's probably like Facebook or Twitter are, are the two biggest ones out there. I mean, maybe you like Instagram cause you like playing with it or following people. If you're already there, if you already like it, that is definitely a big channel and that can be a great one too. But especially if you're just kind of dipping your toe in, like start with just one and start with one, maybe that you already understand as, as a consumer or as someone using it kind of just mm -hmm. for fun. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so let's say uh, I, uh, you know, I picked up one. I mean, I, I'm asking you dumb questions because, you know, I, I'm just putting myself on, on someone's shoes who is just starting. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm kind of, uh, let's say I picked up Facebook and I've been using it on, uh, you know, for my personal uh, needs and I sort of like it. It works for me. Okay, so uh, so Facebook it is. Uh, how do I make sure that, you know, uh, obviously using it for your personal needs and using it as an author, uh, should sort of differentiate at least a little bit, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, they should. And actually, this is one of the biggest, I think, pitfalls in social media is that people come to social and they use it just like they use it as a personal channel and that doesn't work for lots of reasons. So one is that things that are weird on your personal Facebook are not weird on your Facebook page. And you do want to create a Facebook page for your business instead of just using your personal account. Like something we're big believers in at Edgar is that it's really important to repeat your content because less than 10% of the people who have signed up to see your content see it on social media. That's just the nature of it. People only see a little bit of what you send out. So why would you craft an update, you know, have 5% of people see it and then never send it again. You should send it again so that more people can see it. But that's weird on your personal profile. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. like, on your personal profile, you wouldn't send the same thing over and over again because that's meant for just like casual real-time updates of your life. Your Facebook page is not meant for casual real-time updates. I mean, that can be part of it. That can certainly be part of your strategy strategy. But also on your page, you want to constantly be linking back to your books. You want to constantly be linking back to your site. Maybe you post the content of a review of your book, right? So people can learn more about what people liked and didn't like. You know, these are all the things that you would post on your page to promote your business that you would not post on your personal profile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, clear. I mean, I absolutely agree with you there. It's it's sort of, yeah, <laughs> it, it's always difficult to kind of, you know, not to fall into that pitfall. But you know, that's, that's the way it is. So basically, uh, what about the engagement? Uh, where do you think is easiest to uh, get high engagement with your readers and with your audience? So, I mean, it's definitely a challenge in the beginning. And I think that's, you know, what I would want to just acknowledge because the hardest part is when you're starting out and you don't have many numbers and you're like sending something out and like no one clicked on it, no one likes it. And you're like, oh, why am I, <laughs> why am I doing this? So you do have to see it through. I mean, it takes a few months before you start to get that initial traction. And, and what you're looking for is both like traffic back to your site and back to your, you know, books, probably on Amazon. Um, and interaction with your readers. And especially as an author, I mean, in the past, authors have been very much on a pedestal with their readers and people never got a chance to know them. People never got a chance to approach them. They seemed like sort of, you know, mm -hmm. like <laughs> mythical characters. And for you to be a real person uh, to your readers is is very exciting. And, and just like any business, people really love it, getting to know the person behind the business. Like books acknowledge this a little bit, right? Because we have that very short blurb about the author where it's like, <laughs> yeah. they have two cats and they live in Manhattan. And you like make this story about them in your head. You're like, I wonder where they live in Manhattan. Um, so yeah, with social media, you're getting a chance to do that, to do that more. And like to hear from an author that you love a little, just like, hey, thanks for buying my book. It really means a lot to me. That's what makes people passionate about like not only did I love this book but I'm going to tell my friends because this author is a real person who who really cares about their readers yeah 
Yeah, I see. So basically for each channel you will be eventually involved in, you will be creating different content. I mean, different when I mean different, I, I mean the format. So h- how do you deal with, I mean, how do you see the repurposing of the same content for different channels? Uh, I mean, uh, is it effective these days or, you know, should one do that? Yeah, you can definitely repurpose the same content. So, um, you know, different f- channels have different formats, right? Obviously, Instagram, you have to have an image, and it's very image-heavy. Twitter and Facebook, you can have an image. You don't have to. Twitter is shorter than Facebook, although supposedly they'll be changing that in the future. Um But yeah, you can definitely post the exact same piece of content more than one place, especially if you're short on time. That's that's a really good idea to not have to kind of reinvent the wheel for all the different channels. Um, and like I said, you should definitely be repeating content, especially like your basic calls to action. So again, for an author, if you're on Amazon, linking to your books on Amazon is something that you want to be doing at least weekly. Um, because, and you have to remember people would not follow you if they were not interested in your books, right? So a lot of people are like, oh, I'm worried about bothering people. Like, why would they follow you on Twitter if they weren't interested in reading your books? If if that's what you talk about on Twitter, right? If it's an account for you as, as an author in your business. So you need to give people those opportunities, um, very regularly to, to know what you're up to and and to buy your books. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. So, I mean, as I said, like writers these days are very tempted to save time and to kind of, you know, they consider a lot like the automation tools and and things like that uh, when they are creating and especially broadcasting their content. So, uh, you know, it may be sometimes annoying, uh, but what are the ways? I mean, are there any ways to automate things, but at the same time kind of, you know, keep that personal touch? Definitely, definitely. So what we believe at Edgar is that anything that a computer should do, the computer should do, and anything that only you can do, you should do. So what a computer can do is send out the updates. So by this, I mean, you know, there's scheduling tools like Edgar, like other tools out there where you can load up an update ahead of time, um, and then the scheduler sends it out. So that part, everyone should be doing that. Because your audience does not know, nor do they care, whether you send out this tweet, you know, from your iPhone or from your desktop or from a scheduler. Like, it just doesn't matter, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter if you're sitting there pressing enter the moment that it goes live. Um, the things that you can't have a computer do, one, are, are write the content for your social media, right? There's no bot that can, like, especially mm-hmm. for a writer, right, like Definitely. spit out. <laughs> great social media content so you need to be doing that or or, you know a human needs to be doing that depending on the size of your business doesn't necessarily have to be you or you can have someone go through your books and and pull out excerpts you know if that applies to your business Um, and what you need to do is is the engagement so What's really cool with Edgar is that you can just batch writing all your updates. So you can have a category with links to all your blog posts. You can have a category with links to your books. You can have a category with links to your call to action to sign up for your email. You have a category of uh, inspirational quotes. You have a category of inspirational images. You have all these categories. So you just load up all that content, and then Edgar takes care of sending it out, of, of cycling through it over and over again based on the schedule that you choose, based on the categories that you choose. So you can have Edgar send out the social that you've written. It's not like a computer is writing your social updates. Like you still wrote everything. And in fact, 
you wrote better updates because you actually sat down and wrote them as opposed to panicking every day trying to find something <laughs> to say on mm. social. You know, you actually sat down and wrote out a bunch of them at once. Um, and then you can go in for a few minutes every day and, and engage and find people, you know, find people that you're following, find groups you want to be a part of, discussions that you want to be a part of, and just liking, sharing, responding to things. Okay, so since, since we sort of, you know, touched on that girl already, um, let's dive into that. Let's first of all understand, how did you come up with the idea? Was it something that, you know, you, you saw the need and you decided to solve that problem? Or it was something that you had to solve for yourself and then you realized that others might need it too? Yeah, so I definitely saw a huge problem. So Obviously, you know, we've always been big social media marketers at, at my company since that's what we're teaching. So I had developed a, a kind of strategy and workflow for social media marketing where I had this big Excel document and it had different um, columns for all the different categories and we'd load up all of our different updates into the Excel document cycle through each column, top to bottom, mark them off with colors when we'd use them, and we had to copy and paste them one by one uh, into a social media scheduling tool over and over again. So there was like, it was an automated, like, not an automated, it was a streamlined process, but the, the work to do it was extremely manual. You know, for mm-hmm. example, everything had to be copy and pasted over and over. And um, very redundant. <laughs> very redundant. Images are a mess. There was no good way to handle images in a spreadsheet, you know? Yeah. Um, so I thought, you know, why don't the, t- like, why do I have to do so much grunt work that a computer could do? Like, for example, why am I copying and pasting the same update two months later? That just seems so weird. Why doesn't the social media tool store the updates for me? Even if I won't send them again, they could at least store them so that, like, I can go in and find them and send them again, you know? So I really wanted a tool that could store my updates and that could cycle through them automatically, like I was doing manually, like go through all my inspirational quotes, get to the bottom of the list, and then just start at the top of the list and start sending them out again. Um, So that's exactly what Edgar does. And because we were teaching people this method and and people were paying to learn it, and then people were actually doing it and seeing great results, I thought, okay, well, if people, you know, will pay to learn to do this manually, then people will pay for software to just do it for them automatically. Yeah, (laughs) that was kind of my bet. And and that was true. Edgar, Edgar's been very successful. Okay, so basically, I mean, I'm looking at this, like, you know, I I see very big similarities with, you know, when you are starting a book project to when you are starting a business project, because, you know, we we have readers in mind, you had, you know, um, potential customers in mind, and um, obviously, it takes time. And obviously, we have this big excitement at the launch of the thing. So when it came live, when it was already there, and it came to the market how did you feel and and what was like you know did you get the expected kind of you know what you expected to be at the end yeah I mean we actually had a bigger response than expected so for context you know I already had the social media training business when we launched Edgar so it wasn't like we were just starting from scratch you know we had a small team running that business and we had a list of of interested people to launch it to um, but we didn't do the typical market testing you know a lot of times you have interviews with people asking them about software features and whether they would like this or that we really didn't do any of that so I kind of figured, okay, well, worst case scenario is that no one buys this, but like we have an awesome tool (laughs) to use for our own company. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, we saw we saw a great response. I mean, the business has grown really quickly. We have five thousand customers now. About a year and a half later, or so. Okay, so so let's let's just imagine um, it 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 basically. Um, does what you already said. Are there any other features that that people might be interested in about the the tool? Yeah, I mean, we also have great data about every update that you send, which I think really goes hand in hand with um, repeating updates. Because something that you can do with Edgar that you can't do with other tools is you can go back into your library and improve things. You know, so you can actually go into your library. I mean, one, just improve, uh, you know, maybe clean up the language, maybe add an image to an update that didn't have an image before. It allows you to be much more iterative with your social media of kind of improving your whole body of work on social rather than just like one-off um, updates. And so so we have data stored for every update of, of how well it did or how badly it did. <laughs> so you can go in and see what people are clicking on, what people are liking, so you can kind of shape you know what you want to share more or less of okay so basically you get the picture of the things you send out and the results are there so you can basically know what's doing well what's not doing so well and you can go mm-hmm. and adjust and modify things right mm-hmm. exactly Okay, well, that's that's very handy because you know, I just if you had to go manually and track those things out, it's 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 very doubtful that you could actually, <laughs> with with the volumes you are involved at, it's it's very neaty. Okay, so uh, let's um, let's think. So basically, what I can do is uh, I, I I can just create a batch of content with with the links and and categorize them in the tool and then it does its work and then basically in a period of time I can go back see how it's doing and and then uh, modify and change the things and and it will continue broadcasting the thing again right exactly exactly so so now we have all these options of the social media channels different social Mm -hmm. media Mm -hmm. um, channels that we could we could possibly use and then on the other hand we have these loads of content that writers are creating for their books and for themselves Mm -hmm. and then we have all these different tools including Edgar that can help us a lot with with actually kind of you know uh, making the the content uh, automated and 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 going out to uh, to schedulers and stuff like that so uh, what is the best way to sort of link all them together strategically and 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 Make, make a flow that will work. Okay. So your website is always your home base um, because that's, like I said, your mailing list is really important because we need to be able to meet people all over the web because it, it, attention is very fragmented, right? People are on Instagram and then they're on Twitter and then they're on Facebook and then they're on a blog and then they're on Amazon. Um, so having just one channel, right? Having having Instagram is the only place people can find you is not enough. You want to be able to reach them on Instagram and on your website and all your, on your email list. And that's why it's okay to repurpose content to so many different places, you know, and advertising, there was an old rule that people need to see something seven times before they've mm-hmm. known that they've seen it. Um, 
So I don't know if it's even more <laughs> now with the internet, but like that's why it actually does make sense to put pieces in, in so many different places. And you have to remember that it's to you, to you, it's going to feel like overkill because you see everything, you know? So like I've already read all the content that goes out on my Twitter account, right? Because I, I wrote it all. So to me, if I see something go out, I'm like, oh, didn't that just, like, one, I remember writing it, so I'm like, oh, that seems old. <laughs> didn't that just go out, like, a few months ago? Because I see 100% of what goes out. No one else who follows me <laughs> sees 100% of what goes out. So to you, it can feel very weird where, you're like, I just sent that out in an email. Am I really going to send another email? I just blogged about it. Um but like something that I've learned from our business, so we have a, a weekly newsletter, The Dash, that goes on on Wednesday. And every week without fail, by far, we get way more traffic on Wednesdays than any other day because we link back to our blog and the newsletter. And I think people kind of tend to discount that. They're like, oh, but those are just the people that already signed up. But it, it's like, no, what that shows is that the people who already know about you are not visiting unless you give them a link <laughs> in their <laughs> inbox, right? Like these people do already know about the blog they're not visiting the rest of the week they're visiting when we send them an email and say hey here's the link click on it you know so it just really proves like you can't just say oh people already like they visited my blog before they'll know when I have a new post um you really have to deliver it a lot of different ways and you always want to send people back to your site because that's that's the real estate that that you own and the social networks change and they come and go you know your site is is really your foundation or you know what if there's a new site that comes out that becomes better for selling books than, than Amazon. You don't want to be tied to Amazon and you don't want to just have a bunch of Amazon links and no link back to your own site because you can change the links on your site. You want to sell your books somewhere else, you just change the links on your site. If, if everything has been linked to Amazon and you don't want to be there anymore or they take your book down or something like that happens, then what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you should have a place where you have total control of the things and you don't really purely depend on other uh, places because it's very risky to sort of, you know, to put all your eggs in one basket and then if something changes, then it's it's very risky. Well, I mean, great. So uh, I guess the last thing I would like to find uh, since we already went through all this and maybe people are interested in, in, in the tool and would like to go further, get more details or uh, start using it, so where do they find it? Where do they go and uh, where they can get Edgar? Yes, you can find everything you need to know at meetedgar.com, M-E-E-T-E-D-G-A-R.com. Uh, also, if you need any help or have any questions, support at meetedgar.com. We have a really awesome team. Or if you're kind of like, I don't really get how this works for an author, can you kind of walk me through it? Or if you want to get a demo on the tool, um, you can email us and, and we'll help you out with anything you want to know. Okay, cool. So, you know, if ever, if anyone would like to get more details about the author part of it, they will they will go ahead and email you. If no, I think, you know, I just uh, I haven't used the tool yet, but I've went through the website and uh, and it's pretty straightforward and it's very clear and I guess after this interview, we have covered most of the questions they could possibly have anyway. Well, thank you very much for coming over. It was really a pleasure to talk to to you uh, it was really nice and uh, and I'm really happy because first of all as I said I heard about you much before this before even I th ever thought I would be having a podcast <laughs> okay well thank you thank you 
Well, it seems like that's all that I had for you today. I would like to apologize for not sticking to my schedule and actually having a little bit of flexibility this month. But uh, I guess the rebranding took much longer than I thought it will take. Besides that, I had a very exciting um, event uh, last weekend. I was at the New Media Europe when I was one of the speakers. And I will definitely be having a new episode dedicated specifically for that, talking about branding and events and networking and the importance of all that. So stay tuned, that will be coming. And in the middle of everything, my microphone broke. So I had to get a new one. And um, yeah, it sort of, you know, made me uh, get back for a day or two. So, um, okay, well, that's it. I would love to see you at the Brand Architect Club. So once again, annealexander.com come backwards slash membership i'm looking forward to meeting you and having closer connection and i'll see you in the next episode so it will be a solo piece about the importance of events about the new media europe which was the first big event i was at and about the importance of speaking at the events and all that stuff so stay tuned take care and i hope to meet you in the next episode